download the Hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au. No time to get to the dock? No problem. Register at hit.com.au for cues with Dr. Roos. Time for another round of cues with Dr. Roos. Dr. Eddie Roos from Cosmetic Elegance Clinics joins me once again. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Amish. How are you going? Yeah, good. Now, we've been asking people over the last couple of weeks to throw any questions that they want to throw at you through our website, hit.com.au. You can do that, and we get three on a weekly basis and run them past you. Are you ready to answer these for us? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, Emily has uh, put through a, a question. Her question is this. I haven't had a blood nose since I was a child. However, I have had three just recently. Would the dry conditions be affecting this and how can I prevent it from happening? Perfectly uh, correct, Emily. It is the dry conditions. Can have a, uh, a play with that. When it's dry, our nasal epithelium, the, the liner of the nose, gets a bit dry and it gets a little bit thinner. Also, the nasal secretions may be sticking to the epithelium a little bit more. And sort of like when you blow your nose, um, it will pull some of the epithelial cells off and it can cause you to have a bleed. The way to prevent that would be to increase the moisture uh, in the room. So maybe have a humidifier. Try and avoid the air conditioning. Um, it's hot. I know we all want to be in the air conditioning, but the air conditioning will dry. But put a humidifier in the room. You can use normal saline nose drops as well. And there's also commercial products available like Noz Oil which is just an oily substance you can put in your nose and it actually keeps the nasal epithelium a little bit more moist and will prevent, or it will reduce the risk for happy nosebleeds as well. If the nosebleeds persist, always go and see your doctor because there may be some other reasons why you're actually having the nosebleeds as well. Yeah, I'm no professional, but uh, stop picking it would be another option. Now, speaking of blood, Adam has uh, sent through a message as well, a question. He wants to know, are mosquitoes attracted to certain blood types and does eating bananas increase your chance of being bitten? Uh, yes, Adam. It's mozzie season again. Uh, it's summer. The mozzies are out there. Um some people are more bitten by mozzies than others. Um, it's been uh, scientifically proven that people with the blood group O actually are bitten more by uh, mozzies than people with other blood groups. The banana story, that has not been proven. But, I, you know, like us, I mean, we, we all have different things that we have a taste for. Maybe there would be some mozzies who like bananas more and would go for the people. But I don't think that that's been in any way proven at all. Uh, and one final question actually comes from Kylie. Uh, I'm thinking of getting one of my tattoos lasered off. Does it hurt? Does it leave a scar? Uh, Kylie, yes, uh, it does hurt, but it's very quick to do that. Um, it's more painful than getting the tattoo done. Uh, there's ways that we actually try to reduce the pain that you would um, have when we do the treatment. We will put a topical anesthetic cream on. That will numb the area. We also blow a cold air on the area, and we actually talk to you and uh, try and distract you when we do that. So uh, more painful, but for a very short time. Much, it's much quicker to remove than to get the tattoo, although you need multiple treatments. Does it leave a scar? Um, if you have a blister, the blister gets infected, you can have a scar. But in general, when we do tattoo removal, there is usually no scar. There can sometimes be just a little bit of a reach where you've had the tattoo, 
which can be just from when you've had the tattoo done as well from the, the needle pricks. But in general, it doesn't leave you with any scarring. Good to know, because I also have a tattoo that could quite easily be taken off, Dr. Eddie. But thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for answering those questions uh, once again this week with Cues with Dr. Ruse. If you have any questions, go to hit.com.au. And, of course, you can always look up and get in contact with the team from Cosmetic Elegance Clinics. Thanks, Dr. Eddie. Thanks, Amish. You have a good day. Today is a very important day. It's December the 6th. Now, it might be your birthday, in which case, happy birthday. Enjoy your day. I hope you have a fantastic day. But it's uh, a very important day for another reason as well. If you were thinking of breaking up with your partner before Christmas, now is the last day. Today is the last day it's socially acceptable to do so. So from tomorrow onwards, it's too close to Christmas. It's unfair on them from today. Last day, socially acceptable, apparently, according to a survey, to break up with your partner. If you don't do it today, you have to wait until January. You have to wait until the new year. And so you have to go through the whole holidays and Christmas and all that kind of stuff with them. And, and we all know, what are the reasons for today? Well, from today onwards, it starts to get more and more stressful as we get into the Christmas and holiday period and with the, uh, the whole Christmas shopping scenario. But also, you know, you might have your partner's family coming over for Christmas. You don't necessarily like them. There are arguments about family members and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, apparently... 57% of people, according to this survey, say that uh, they break up just before Christmas because the spark has gone in their relationship. But uh, others on the survey said, you know, cheating claims and, and partners' living habits and money issues are all stresses uh, when it comes to breaking up with their significant other. But today is definitely the day that it's the last day before Christmas that you can do it. So just watch out. Me personally, I'm not going home today. So uh, just to make sure, I, I might just pop home tomorrow and then it's too late. I've got uh, at least until January before things uh, can go pear-shaped in my relationship. But yes, today, definitely the day. Can I just say, uh, I have a theory when it comes to uh, <laughs> Christmas and saving money. What what uh, I thought was a good idea back in the day was just before Christmas, break up with your significant other and that way you don't have to buy them a Christmas present and then get back together in the new year. I think that's a win, personally. Okay, class, that's the end of another week. Any questions? I do have some questions. So I always have questions on a Friday. Something for you to... Answer. Something for you to ponder. If you want to answer, 13, 12, 16. Or hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, my boss said to me the other day, Hamish, your questions seem a little strange when there's no one there to answer. Of course, Paris has moved on to her dream job in Melbourne, for those wondering. So we're working on that. Hopefully, when we come back next year, I'll have somebody to come back with. So if that's a question that you are thinking of throwing at me, when do you get a co-host? Next year. When we come back, there'll be two of us. All right, let's get on to these questions. Now, this question comes uh, from yesterday in at the office. Somebody, uh, Miriam, uh, one of our workmates here, bought in homemade vanilla slice. Some people call a vanilla slice snoplock. Don't know why, don't really care. My question is, how do you keep a vanilla slice together when you eat it? Because it's got a like a wafery thing at the bottom, a wafery thing at the top, and it's jammed full of yellow custardy goodness. And when you take a bite, when you squeeze those wafers together with your teeth, <laughs> the custard just shoots out the side. Short of jamming the whole thing in your mouth at once, 
I don't think there's any way that you can eat one and keep it all together. If you have a game plan for eating a vanilla slice, please let me know. Here's another one. When you see someone that you haven't seen in a long, long time, but you know them, the term, hey, stranger, gets bandied about. Even yell it out sometimes. Hey, stranger. But why don't we actually say that to a stranger? Hey, stranger. Does it come off creepy? Yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. How about this one? If you do skydiving and you land in a swimming pool, does that mean you're just doing normal diving? Just from a greater height. Hey, is a circle the only thing that can be a shape, a number, and a letter? Circle's a shape, number zero, letter O. Is there anything else that does that? One last one. Before paper and scissors were invented, what competition did rock have? Other rocks, maybe? Who knows? They're my questions for today. The Minister for Fire and Emergency Services is heading out to Milmerin today. Craig Crawford is his name, and he joins me right now. How are you? Oh, I'm not bad, thanks. Uh, heading out to Milmerin this morning to uh, check up on our crews and the public out there. Yeah, so what are you expecting to, uh, to find when you get out there? Well, look, um, we know things are going to be obviously very hot and dry. Um, I think we're looking at temperatures of around 39 degrees out there, I believe. Uh, look, you know, obviously our crews have been working hard out there for a number of days and, and that's, um, that's you know, not going to slow down on them anytime soon. But indications look like they seem to be getting a handle and a, and a lid on that fire out there at Mill Marin. Uh, you know, we know that we've got two structures destroyed or two houses destroyed and another one uh, at least which is severely damaged. Uh, we'll see people starting to go back to their properties probably today and over the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a bit confronting, obviously, for people. Yeah, so uh, obviously we're in a, uh, a period of time where we're getting a lot of fires. There's a lot of uh, emergencies going on. Um, do we do we have the resources to take care of everything or are we slim on the ground? Oh, no, look, we're managing quite well. QFES is quite a large organisation, you know, around about uh, you know, 40,000 people uh, in all, if you add all the parts together. But it has been very tiring for, you know, for certainly for a core group of our, of our people, a lot of those being even the senior managers, uh, as, well as, um, as well as, you know, staff and, and volunteers, certainly from some of those, these areas down around the southeast down here, uh, particularly down the scenic rim area, the back of the Gold Coast particularly, uh, where they haven't had a break now for, uh, for, for many months. But, look, people are going well. You know, our people are incredible incredible people and uh, they just continue to stand up every single day and just keep going Uh, but I know that we've got another couple of months of this to run so certainly you know fatigue is something that I'm very concerned about and the commissioner as well Uh, we want to make sure that we can get through to the end of this season uh, and keep all of our people safe uh, as well as the public. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The, the teams that are working on the ground and, and uh, you know, being confronted by these fires are doing an amazing job. Is there some way that we can help as the normal everyday person who cannot fight fires? Um, what can we do to help? Well, I think there's two things that, that, that everyday people can do. The first one is is stop them starting in the first place. Mm. So, uh, you know, wherever you are in Queensland, even if you live in the, in the, the metropolitan areas or in the big cities or towns, you know, you still travel around, you still, you still drive on country roads. 
So, you know, having a really, really heightened awareness of just some of the normal, normal things that you might do um, could actually start a fire. It could be as simple as pulling your car over over the side of the road where you're parked on uh, on dry grass or something like that. It could be a cigarette fire out the window. It could be a, a campfire that uh, that you uh, that you accidentally you know leave burning or something. So the first thing is is stop these things from starting. The second thing is um, if you're an employer that employs rural firefighter volunteers or our fire and rescue auxiliaries. Uh, let them go. Let them, you know, let them, let them, release them. Allow them to go. Um, do their, uh, do their role for us. Um, and we've got around, you know, over thirty thousand volunteers and, and auxiliaries uh, across this state. Uh, but a lot of them work for um, work for other people um, in various roles. And uh, the best thing that obviously we can do to, to backfill our, our existing people that are very busy is obviously to let the others out and let them come in and help. Well, thank you very much. I know you're a very busy man and you're, you're heading out to uh, Milmerin as we speak. The reception hasn't been great, but uh, do appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for uh, having a chat. No worries. Thank you. Download the hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au.